0: This is the Horse Radio Network. Welcome to Season 2 of the Horse Nutrition Podcast presented by Purina Animal Nutrition. In this season, we take you on a compelling journey filled with the stories of extraordinary horses doing amazing jobs. We hope that you will come away empowered and entertained, along with advice and knowledge on how to best feed these incredible equine companions. This is Lisa Wysocki from Nashville, Tennessee. I am an award-winning author, editor, equine clinician, and motivational speaker who trains horses for and consults with therapeutic riding programs. And I am your host for Season 2 of the Horse Nutrition Podcast, presented by Purina. Today we bring you the story of Hidden Creeks Jones, an amazing competition horse campaigned by Olympian Margie Engel. Jones later became one very special therapy horse. We talk with Susan Guinan at Vince Ramos Therapeutic Riding Center in Florida, and with Dr. Kelly Vineyard, a senior equine nutritionist with Purina Animal Nutrition. Finally, we learned the importance of the acronym of RIDE, R-I-D-E. Join us for today's show. We're talking today with Susan Guinan, CEO at Vince Ramos Therapeutic Riding Center. They have 15 fabulously beautiful and peaceful acres in Loxahatchee, Florida, not too far from Wellington. Vince Ramos was founded in 1982, and it's a premier accredited PATH Center. PATH, of course, is the Professional Association of Therapeutic Horsemanship. Vince Ramos offers traditional therapeutic riding, but they also offer hippotherapy, veteran services, equine-assisted learning, and psychotherapy, and they have 19 horses on property and will meet one very special horse who is an Olympian and also carried special Olympic riders. Hi, Susan. How are you today? I'm great, Lisa. I was hoping you could tell us a little about therapy horses in general.
1: Well, I think that there's a misconception about therapy horses that they tend to be animals that are at the end of their career. And quite honestly, the job that a horse does in a therapy center requires a quite fit horse, one who has the ability to manage the difficulty that our clients have with balance, that they have with spatial relationships. So we need somebody that pretty strong. Uh, If you imagine you're giving someone a piggyback ride who has no ability to stay balanced or square on your back, that's similar to what a therapeutic equestrian feels like on the back of a therapy horse.
0: Yeah, and you know, I also am a path uh, instructor, and I have found that a therapy horse really has to be steady and intuitive and patient. They have to have the mental component as well as the physical. Do you find that true too? You are absolutely right. They uh, very much have to love their job. You don't really know if a horse is going to be successful as a therapy horse until they actually start to do it. We all give our horses the appropriate training, but sometimes when they you know get in there into a session or into a lesson, they either love it or they don't.
1: And I think that that's true not only with a horse that's coming into the program, new into the program. I think that that's true for horses that have been in programs for a long period of time. They also need their break and their vacation to feel better about themselves and to have their own free time.
0: Yeah, just like us. We need our free time too. And I know you have a lot of different programs at Vince Ramos, but I'm specifically interested in how you see the therapy horses there impacting your participants.
1: Well, they impact them in so many different ways. Uh, We have uh, therapeutic uh, riding and driving here. We have a hippotherapy program. We have an equine-assisted learning program and an equine-assisted psychotherapy program. So our horses are very versatile in what their jobs are here. Most of them are involved in uh, many of those programs, not all of those programs. You know, we use the horse in uh, equine-assisted learning or psychotherapy program, where we may be helping a youngster who is being placed in an adoptive or a foster home uh, to understand the anxiety they feel about moving into a new home. Um, Fight or flight comes to mind. So we try to work with them where we show them that that's a natural instinct in humans and in horses. We just work to help them find new ways to deal with that particular situation.
0: Well, that makes a lot of sense because I I can just imagine a child uh, in that kind of a situation. They're either going to be terrified and want to run away or they're going to lash out. And that's basically what a horse will do too.
1: Absolutely. Some of the areas that we work on are confidence, trust, responsibility, and boundaries. Many of these kids have been in a situation where they have been abused. So setting boundaries and knowing different ways to manage their own lives and to set those boundaries is something that we easily demonstrate with, uh, with the horses.
0: Now, how might a horse specifically help a child like that, what might they do, or what situation might you put that horse in and that child in to to help the child overcome their challenges?
1: Well, I, I mean boundaries is a is a very simple exercise, as you know being a being a horsewoman yourself, that bullshy horse that uh, when you're walking them from the barn to the paddock that's either pushing you along or in your space, learning the ability to keep your distance, stay away, mm-hmm. use your use your own body to manage that space becomes very, very simple. How do I use my words? How do I use my body to demonstrate that you are in my space? Uh, all those things that we see in uh, the natural horsemanship type situation, the waving of the hands, the moving of the back, all those things take place here.
0: You know, I think it's really amazing that you're able to accomplish all of this. And it comes to mind that you could really, uh, that pushy horse that nobody wants could really excel in a program like this. Uh, you, know, you, you use all kinds of horses to, to really facilitate what you need to do. We
1: absolutely use them to facilitate. Mm-hmm. When we do a rider assessment, there's a horse assessment that goes along with that. Uh, an individual who has low tone, has no core strength, Well, we're not putting them on that little 12-2 pony that has a very quick gait because we'll rock, their, we'll rock their head to a point where they will be not terribly comfortable. So that big horse with the longer stride becomes important. So we're looking, as I said, girth, stride, temperament, all of those things come into play when we're selecting a horse for an individual.
0: And, you know, it's really phenomenal because I'm sure you, like a lot of other PATH or therapeutic horseback riding centers uh, or even uh, organizations that do work on the ground, have a lot of your horses donated. And I want to talk about one horse that you had specifically, a horse called Hidden Creeks Jones that you had a few years ago that just, uh, oh, his story just brings chills to me. Maybe you can just tell us a little bit about the horse and how you got him.
1: So Jones, as he is known here at the barn, was a horse that was uh, ridden and shown by Olympian Margie Engel. was a 16 three warm blood, very big, famous jumper. was the 2003 American Grand Prix horse of the year, more Holy counting cow. points than any other any other horse in the United States at that particular time. Wow. Margie uh, and and her husband, Steve, who were who are great supporters of Vince Ramos, were getting ready to retire him from the show ring and suggested that he may come, uh, they would like him to come to Vince Ramos.
0: So this is a warm blood who's used to very high level jumping competition and he's going to Vince Ramos to be a therapy horse.
1: That is yeah. right. And so okay. you may have a, a point of pause when uh, someone calls you and says, this is what you want to have happen. And a part of what happens here at Ramos, we are so very fortunate that our center is located on the outskirts of Wellington, Florida, where uh, 17,000 horses arrive here from the 1st of November until the 1st of May each year.
0: Yeah, a lot of these horses are, are, what, warm bloods or thoroughbred crosses, thoroughbred draft crosses, maybe and big. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a
1: lot of them are big. If you think about a therapy program, that can be a difficult situation because if we're looking at a rider who needs support uh, for balance, generally a volunteer at Vinceremos looks a lot like us, sort of five, five, not terribly big. Uh, so a big horse, we have tired arms very quickly. So for us, that 14, two, 14, three, where we keep the rider on our hips, which allows that if something happens, we've got them right there. We don't have them over our heads to try and balance in that situation. So big isn't always better in
0: the therapeutic world. Right. But Jones was a warm blood, correct? He was pretty big. He was. Yes. 16.3.
1: You know, you need to have a rider on top that's going to be able to balance themselves, have some ability to be somewhat independent in that particular situation. But Jones was very special, and it was really important to Margie that he come here. So we decided that we would give it a try. Um, It took Jones quite some time to settle into real farm life. He'd been, you know, lived in a stall, been transported all over the country, rarely had turnout, was hand-grazed, hand-walked, put on the end of the lunge line to get some of the fizz out of him. But he knew what his job was. So coming here was a bit like taking that high powered executive who commutes on the train every morning and saying, "Okay, you're retired with no kind of no period of time in between that that. Um, retirement.
0: Did he also have any uh, trouble handling all the different handlers that you might have at a therapeutic riding center, all the different volunteers? I'm assuming that when he was in his show career, he had four or five people who interacted with him regularly, and now he might have, what, 12 people or, or more?
1: At every level, 12 or 14 people at every level. He may have six or seven in a, in a day that are different as the volunteers come through. Obviously the barn manager, the volunteer coordinator uh, are individuals who are consistent in his life, but that consistency changes. I think what's so amazing about horses is their ability to trust that the person that shows up in front of them today, until they prove themselves untrustworthy, they are trustable. So horses are, you know, so special in in that way. Obviously, that's you know a, a horse that has had some sort of trauma. It may take some time, but generally they they figure out that okay, I'm going to give this a go and see how it works out. And and Jones was one of those horses. He figured it out. He loved everybody. I, Jones um, was a horse that when we had visitors come to the farm, he had the ability to be a gentle, gentle giant. You know Mm. that horse when you go to the trailer and you're trying to get him to go on and today he's just decided, I really don't want to go. And you (laughs) take the little grain, the little bucket of grain and you shake the bucket of grain thinking, okay, come on, come on. And they have that ability to keep their front feet in the same position, tip their nose so far forward that you think they're going to fall over at any minute. Right, You know that position. You know what I mean? Yes, Jones would take that position. We could put an individual with a wheelchair would come and want to, to pet the horse or see the horse. And that stall door could be put back. And Jones would plant those front feet and never move them and have the ability to nestle his nose, his giant head into the lap of that individual for them to touch and
0: explore. I love the story about Jones when he helped this young woman who was blind from Finland qualify for the Paralympic Games. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Well, what we think, one of the things that's really
1: special about Jones is that he carried Margie, who was an Olympian, carried our riders here from Vince Ramos, who are special Olympians. And in 2012, when the Paralympic riders were all getting ready to qualify to go to London. The team from um, Finland—they were unable to bring their horses. It was cost prohibitive. So they called us and said, "Did we have any horses that they could ride so they could qualify?" And Ruth Menner, who is the founder of Vince Ramos she and I walked through the barn and we said, uh, "No, not that one. No, not that one." <laughs> and came- came across Jones and said, oh, maybe. Now this is a jumping horse. He had never done dressage in his life. So this was something that was going to be a change for him. However, Jones uh, rose to the occasion. The team from Finland and their coach uh, arrived in the United States on Wednesday afternoon. Thursday was the jog. Friday was the Grand Prix. And Saturday was the freestyle. Katja from Finland yeah. came, and this was a this was a young lady who was, had a visual impairment. She was legally blind and paralyzed from the waist down. Mm. So as a result of that, she rode with a double whip dispensation. Her whips acted as her legs. Jones didn't need a whip, didn't really ever get ridden with a whip. It's not something that we give to our riders here, but he was willing to, you know, see what this was all about. So the trainer got on and rode him once. He went through the jog, passed the jog. Katya got on the horse and warmed up with him once on the Thursday. The next day she went into the arena. She did her Grand Prix test. She was a level two rider. So she did a walk trot test. Uh, And the next day she did her Grand Prix test. The moral to the story was that uh, Katya qualified to go to London and then was the second overall European rider uh, at the uh, London 2012 Paralympics. So Jones took uh, carried Olympians, Special
0: Olympians, and Paralympians. He was pretty much a superhero. That is so amazing. And, you know, I think it just really goes to show that here's a horse who may not be your traditional therapy horse or your traditional therapeutic riding horse. He's, he's too hot. Maybe he's too big. He's, he's just has too big a personality. And yet he excelled. He was able to adapt. He was able to help people from all different kinds of walks of life and all different kinds of disabilities and, and just to become this, this amazing horse in his second career. That's uh, just brings, gives me chills. So I know Jones was getting up there in years. So can you tell us kind of what has happened to him since he carried Katya to international victory?
1: Sure. Jones went on to spend another seven years here at Vinceramos Ramos and passed away recently uh, this spring. And we miss him terribly here at Vince Ramos. So I also want to make sure that I thank our Parina Reps and Perina in particular. We're very proud to be a Purina farm. We've been a Purina farm for 37 years. Um, our reps here are Sheila Condi and Deborah Spark. They are available to us all of the time. They make sure they visit the farm on a regular basis. As work schedules change, as weather change, to um, look at what we're feeding, uh, introduce new products, make sure that we're feeding the absolute best combination of Purina products that we can.
0: That's fabulous. And, And kudos to Purina for helping so many people just like yourselves. And we've got Dr. Kelly Vineyard with us. She's a senior equine nutritionist with Purina Animal Nutrition. And she's going to be talking with us about how to feed a horse like Jones or a horse who may be stressed from a big change in his life or just a general therapy horse. Dr. Vineyard, transitioning from high-level competition to being a therapy horse or a horse who's transitioning from any job to a second job or maybe even just a new owner, uh, it can be really stressful. So how can nutrition help a horse in transition s- settle in?
2: Well, it definitely can be a stressful situation uh, on all fronts, but particularly when you're looking, you know, from a digestive perspective, we want to make sure to keep those gut bugs happy and the way to do that is to transition slowly now let's say you've got a horse like jones who's you know getting a he's in competition and he's eating maybe a higher calorie feed something like you know ultium or, or an Omaline 200 that's got going to have the right fuels for a competition horse and he's probably going to be getting a larger quantity of it but if he's transitioning to a job that maybe requires a little bit less work a little bit less calories We want to do some controlled carbs. Something like strategy healthy edge may be a better option. If we're going to make that transition, um, my rule of thumb is always to go, you know, from one feed to the next, about a pound a day. So say he's eating six pounds a day of of omelene 200 when he's competing, but we're going to switch him and he may be eating more than that. But let's just say, for example, maybe he's going to switch to six pounds a day of strategy healthy edge. That should take you six days, right? About a pound a day. And that is safe for the hindgut to prevent digestive upset. The other big thing to remember is what's the rest of the horse's diet? Forage. So you also have to pay attention to what type of hay was he eating before. And when you go to the new farm, you want to mix in some of the old forage with your current, with the new forage, kind of the same way you would with uh, different feeds. Because that's really the primary part of their diet and just changing hay um, can actually cause digestive upset. So the slower you can go, the better and the least stress you can cause from a, a digestive standpoint.
0: Yeah, and you know, I know a lot of therapeutic riding centers feed equine senior, uh, thinking that their horses are older, they should be eating a senior feed, but uh, particularly as Jones got up in years, that might be what they were feeding him, or maybe not, but that might not be the best choice for an older horse. Can you tell us a little bit about that? For sure. Well, it's really easy.
2: Um, uh, equine senior is what we call a complete feed, meaning that the forage is built in. so. It kind of replaces both concentrate and hay or, you know, grain and hay or or grass in the horse's diet if their teeth are bad. Now, with a horse like Jones, he might be 20 years old and if he can still chew and digest hay, equine senior or a complete feed is, is not exactly the best choice for him because he doesn't need to have any forage replaced. He can eat hay just fine. So there's other options for horses that are older. Um, besides equine senior, we actually have equine senior active, which is made for horses that can still chew hay and digest hay. Um, and that's actually a really great option for a lot of these therapy programs with horses that need the extra calories that they can still chew hay. Um, or, uh, maybe some of these senior horses, they're pretty easy keepers. They don't really need a lot of calories, but they still need protein, vitamins, and minerals, Mm -hmm. you know, to keep them going and to support this, you know, daily workload and, and to repair muscle and, and everything that they, they need for good nutrition. And I really like strategy, healthy edge for those kind of easier keepers, a little more controlled carbohydrate for steady energy. Uh, and those products do, you know, pretty well for senior horses that can still eat. hay. Uh,
0: having a, a therapeutic riding program myself and having been involved in this industry for many years, I know that ease of feeding is a real issue because a lot of different volunteers might feed the horses. You might have 14 different feed shifts a week, one in the morning, one at night. You might have 14 different people feeding and that can get to be a real nightmare if, if there's a lot of different types of feeds to feed and a lot of different amounts. And I like what you're saying because it seems like it's a really simple way to feed your horse.
2: Uh, well, absolutely. I mean, we've all walked into the feed room and seen that shelf with, you know, 14 different buckets on the <laughs> shelf and then the feed board has like, you know, a long list of this horse gets these four supplements and then at PM, you only do three and it, <laughs> it can be very complicated and it shouldn't be, especially in a, in a therapeutic riding program when you have volunteers feeding. Mm-hmm. So my recommendation and, and what I think works really well is to focus on picking the highest quality concentrate feed or, you know, grain mix that you can find that provides all of their essential nutrients in the feed. So, you know, like Strategy Healthy Edge, we mentioned, if you feed that according to package directions, that will cover all of their nutritional bases, protein, vitamins, minerals. There's not going to be a need for a mineral supplement or a vitamin supplement or anything like that, as long as you're feeding to the minimum recommended daily feeding rate, which is going to be on the feeding tag. And that just makes it so much easier. And then I like to say, you know, if you're going to supplement something, supplement only non-essential nutrients or, you know, something like a nutraceutical, for example, glucosamine or chondroitin. That's not considered an essential nutrient. You're not going to find that in Purina feeds. So if you feel like a horse needs something like a joint supplement, well, that's okay. But here's your big but with that. Make sure the supplement that you're choosing are effective. And I kind of go by this little acronym to make uh, make sure that I'm picking a good supplement. And it's the RIDE. It's really easy to remember, like ride a horse, R-I-D-E. You want to pick a supplement with R, research, I, good ingredients, feed it at D, the correct dose, and make sure it's efficacious, efficacy, and, and you should have some good data behind it. And if your supplement passes the RIDE test,
0: you're good to go. That's a really great way to think about your supplements. And it's a really easy way, ride. I think we can all remember that, hopefully. (laughs) Right. Uh, Dr. Vineyard, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing all of this great knowledge with us. I've learned a lot in just the last few minutes just from listening to you. So thank you so much. Where can we find you and find Purina?
2: Sure. Um, You can go
0: to our website,
2: uh, www.purinamills.com you know more about these stories and also you can be linked to all of our great nutrition articles and there's also even a place where you can submit a question directly to our nutrition
0: experts that's purinamills.com forward slash full Rain f-u-l-l-r-e-i-n Well, I don't know about you, but I've learned a lot today. I can only imagine the emotion Susan and others at Vince Ramos felt when Jones carried Katya around the ring. Our horses really are so amazingly helpful to their humans. A lot of you who are listening might have a former high-level competition horse or who had a horse who's maybe gone on to some form of therapeutic service. And it's good to know that the combination of good care and management along with the right nutrition can unleash the greatest potential in every horse for whatever job they're focused on every day. The Horse Nutrition Podcast can also be found on the Horse Radio Network app. Just search for Horse Radio Network in the Apple or Android app stores, and you will find 17 different shows all about horses there. Thank you for listening to the story of Hidden Creeks Jones on the Horse Nutrition Podcast by Purina. If you missed Season 1, you can go back on any podcast player and take a listen to all the past episodes. Learn more about all of Purina's equine products at purinamills.com forward slash Rain. F-U-L-L-R-E-I-N Thanks for tuning in.